again, and welcome to uh, the Not About Us podcast. Uh, once again, we're going to get into Genesis again, and I lost track from Genesis three. Do you know where we are? We're Genesis nine hundred and thirty-two. I don't know. We're we're getting close to the fifty mark. We're not quite there yet, but okay, we're getting close. We're in Genesis something, uh, <laughs> but uh, once again. Uh, I'm Scott, and I'm Brad, and this is Not About Us. <clears throat> All right, well, Baruch Haba, everyone. Thank you once again. Thank goodness this is not about us. Because uh, there's no reason <laughs> to be here if it's about <laughs> us. No. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, so, uh, Brad, any before we get started, we're going to jump in with a prayer right away. Just uh, anything. It's been a while since we jumped into Genesis. Uh, it's taken me a while. I've been I've been real busy. I apologize, but uh, to to bring another one up. Anything you want to say about like where we've been or, or what's going on or uh, in Genesis? Well, we're um, any anything jump out at you like oh man that that stuck with me or I want to know more about this or anything or just no let, let's let's hear what comes next. Out of all these forties of podcasts, uh, <laughs> yes, there's there's one of the one of the earlier ones, one of the ones that stuck stuck with me all throughout this is that uh you know when when god says it, it was good what he's actually saying is it's performing correctly it's working, functions correctly it's working yes like the way it's supposed to yeah. and that that has really i don't know why but that has really stuck out to me it has through, to me too through all of this and then it makes me understand the world even just that much better that currently right now it's not functioning correctly uh -huh. But God will make it function correctly again at some point. Yeah, and that that really stuck out to me. Um, it is cool that you bring that up because it just occurs to me that some of what we're going to talk about is is exactly along those lines here. But one one thing that's really neat to hear you say that is, um, and I forget where I'd have to go back to the podcast or look up in my notes. But uh, it was someone else that I got that from. I was looking online. That's so, right. So the cool thing is, it's not about us. You know, <laughs> I mean, the thing that the thing that stands out about all these podcasts, it was that was someone else's. That's true. And and I like that. You I know, do. I really like that. Um, I like that. There's been there's been times where I've had to rethink the preconceived ideas that I've had. Um, yeah. One of the more recent ones, even just with the amount of animals that went on board the ark. And, uh, yeah. you know, just when you look at the actual numbers and actually read it, it makes more sense that, you know, it, it was seven pairs rather than, you know, seven mm -hmm. clean and unclean and all that kind of stuff. So, no, I just, I, I, I appreciate those moments where I go, oh, I need to rethink this. Uh -huh. All right. Well, cool. Uh, then please uh, go ahead and start uh, this one off in prayer. We will be doing Genesis 7, 17 through 24. If anyone wants to get prepared, check that out. But uh, Brad, just invite the Holy Spirit in uh, to do whatever she wants. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for podcast day. Thank you for this day that you have created. Thank you for this time of refreshing. Thank you 
thank you. We give you our worship. We give you our praise. We give you respect. And we know that you will return it so much more than we can give. And for that, we thank you. We lift you up in celebration as we do these podcast studies, as we dive deeper into the Genesis and Revelations, and we get to know you, we get to know your Son, we get to know the Spirit. But we cannot do it without you. We never can, we'll never be able to. So please, be here with us as we do these. Help us with our knowledge. Help us with our oh, wisdom. Yeah. Let us say the correct things that, that help people understand who you are. Help us understand who you are. We love you. We glorify you the best that we can. We worship you the best that we can. We, we do this all for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. Okay, so as I said, Genesis 7, 17 through 24. And as always, I'm reading from the Hebraic Roots version. Uh, feel free to follow along whatever version you've got there. Uh, but this says, And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bore up the ark, and it was lifted up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high mountains that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh perished that moved upon the earth, both fowl and cattle and beast and every swarming thing that swarms upon the earth, and every man. All in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life, whatsoever was in the dry land, died. And he blotted out every living substance which was upon the face of the earth, both man and cattle and creeping thing and fowl of the heaven, and they were blotted out from the earth, and Noah only was left, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifty days. So, a lot going on here. Um, maybe I should have broken this down in a few more pieces, but so much of this just connects with each other. I wanted to put it together. So, first off... I just want to make a statement. It's not even in my notes here, but I had this discussion with my son the other day. Uh, he asked me what I thought about, because there's two prevailing theories about the flood. One is that it was worldwide and it covered the entire planet. And the other is that it was very localized and it covered essentially the entire civilized world at that time, but it, it was not planet wide. Right. I fall into the camp of believing that it was a worldwide flood for several reasons. However, I'm not of the opinion that we get to heaven and we, we go back through history and we find out it wasn't. It was like only in that part of the world or something like that. I'm not going to go, oh, wow, my faith is shaken. I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but there are several reasons why I believe that. And, and I don't, before I go on, anything you want to say about that? Well, there's a couple of places in Scripture where they try to 
um, like the the crossing of of the Reed Sea and and whatnot. Like some people say that it was at one spot, so it would have been a massive effort to separate the waters. Uh-huh. Other people say it was basically a little marshy area, and it wouldn't have you know they, they they do this. They debate these things out. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. What matters was there was a miracle that happened. Mm-hmm. And it's God's miracle. And so that's what's important. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, Paul Burris. He was in a uh, in school, in college, in a Christian college. And his teacher went, um, don't believe the Red Sea crossing that you've heard. It was in this, they, they basically waded in. It was ankle deep. And Paul went, praise the Lord. He drowns the entire Egyptian army in an ankle deep worth of water. Right. <laughs> Which he could have. Exactly. But... Um, I just happen to believe that um, the miracles are good, especially this one. But let's let's forget about the the other one for a moment. This one was so important to the world that every culture talks about it. This was a massive event. And so, yes, it may have only been the most civilized areas of the world, but but I see evidence um, of floodwaters here in the United States, uh-huh. you know, the Grand Canyon, they say was formed over millions of years, but actually it makes much more sense that it was formed in a short period of time. Uh-huh. And only, only something like a global flood could have done that. Right. You know, I, so I, I just, I look at, I look at the, the, all the cultures, which to be fair, they would have been together at one time and then separated. So they could have taken the myth with them into an area that was not flooded. Correct. I don't buy that necessarily either, but, but, uh, I, I believe it was a global event and I believe that you can see its impact wherever you go in the world. You can find evidence of a global flood. And that's one of the reasons, cause I believe worldwide, uh, there, there's evidence of this event mm-hmm. all over, including the, the levels that, that people will say, well, this was the Jurassic period and this was the Neolithic or whatever. I don't know all the names yeah. for them. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It, 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 it really couldn't have happened the way they explain it. Um, you know, a, a flood, a massive flood on that level, so much, uh, so much more easily explains that effect right. of the heaviest stuff being on the bottom and the, the you know, slightly less heavy stuff being in the middle and the lightest stuff being on top and so on and so forth. Um, but more than that, there's, there's also evidence to show that we had uh, ice particles in the atmosphere mm-hmm. that were uh, helping protect us from radiation. Right. Uh, more and that is what finally came into our orbit. Fin- you know, finally came down to where it uh, it entered our orbit and became the flood, became the rain that hit us in this way. And that would explain several things, like why we were living to nearly a thousand mm-hmm. until this event. Then lifespans began dropping. Right. Uh, it would explain how, because this is one of the things that bugs me. People say it was a localized flood. It rained 40 days and 40 nights. How do you explain that from meteorological events? I mean, I know people have tried it, but it all just sounds like 
they're they're making stuff up to make it fit. I was like, you know, I mean, I live in in Iowa in the United States of America. You know, uh, I I can't think of any torrent to that extent uh, in a localized area. Now, now remember, this covered mountains, so it wasn't just a steady rain that people just went, oh, wow, wow, boy, it just keeps raining, you know, and went out with their deck chairs and went, you know, oh, wow, I'm just watching the rain keep going and going. It's amazing that this lasted for a few days. Oh, wow, has it been a week now? Man, it's going on 40 days. No, this was, this was a heavy enough rain that, that the flood covered mountains. Mm -hmm. If it was a localized event, um, there... For it to be that heavy, well, first of all, you know, rain doesn't just drop and stay there. You know, it, it moves right. to, to the path of least resistance. It spreads out. Even if it was localized, the water would just keep spreading out and, like, go into the ocean. Finally, eventually, just, just hit the rivers, go into the, just leave. It would just, we just have rain, just keep coming and keep coming and coming. But you wouldn't have the flood levels rising right unless it were worldwide unless it was covering everything um there, there's no possible way even here in iowa we have no mountains that we could have a localized storm system that could cover uh, our, our largest hills yeah in this state uh if if it weren't a worldwide situation uh, where rain was right, where the, the water levels were rising everywhere because the water just drains off and goes away. Yes, we have flooding situations uh, uh, where areas are covered, but it's still, you know, you're, I can't think of a, a, a meteorological situation that could cover all of Iowa. You know what I mean? No. We, we definitely don't have any mountains here. Well, and it also... It also explains some other things. If the water was all was above all the mountains and high places, well, we find fossils of animals in the mountains that shouldn't be there. They were sea creatures. We find unopened yeah. clam shells, which the only reason that they would be unopened is if the, if there had been something to because when they when they die or whatever you know when they cease they open. Mm -hmm. There had to be some sort of pressure or something going on to keep them closed and to get them onto the top of a mountain. Yeah. You know, all over the world and in, in multiple places, you see that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you see the you see evidence of sea creatures up there. So at some point, water had to be above those mountains. Yeah. <laughs> and the only time that it makes sense is what's recorded in scripture. So none of that is exclusively scriptural I, I just wanted to throw it out there that that's where i'm coming from is that this was a global event um i only, only briefly covered the reasoning for it there but uh if you disagree with that okay you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go any deeper into that other than to say i, I want to be fair and let you know that that's that's where that's where I see that the evidence leads right now. Uh, and not simply scriptural, uh, but it does line up with the scriptural as well. What are you looking for? Oh, okay. I just recommend this. For those kind of questions. I didn't know you had that. Those kind of questions or 
or uh, if you just want to do some of your own study or whatnot, I highly recommend this book. This book really helped me kind of kind of vision what the world looked okay. like. I'm looking at that. It's kind of tiny on the camera, so we'll say The Genesis Flood by John C. Whitcomb and Henry M. Morris. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, they show that how, how science points more to the global flood event and what the Earth was like before and after uh, and whatnot. A very well-researched um, good book. So I highly recommend that if that's something that you're interested in. Otherwise, right. this is a topic that is you know, debated and researched um, by both scientists that believe and scientists that don't believe in God and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, you can find... I have found... I've actually found more information about what the world was like from secular scientists and whatnot who don't realize that they're proving a flood or they're at least they're at least proving a more uh, single catastrophic event. Yeah, and then also before the flood, um, you know that I've found I've done some research how they show why the creatures grew bigger and and why why uh, we would have actually been healthier and all this kind of stuff from yeah. secular sources um, and all of it. I don't even know if they realize they're doing it, but they're just actually proving what's in here, uh -huh. you know. But anyway, yeah, no, totally. And if this is an easy subject to research if it's something that you're interested in. Okay. So in this section, I've got a few pieces that might seem new, but for the this is all old information we've covered. We're just kind of, you know, there's no new words to uncover, that kind of thing. But... That's cool. I mean, you know, the Bible is one unified piece, and we should get repetition. We, it should uh, uh, support itself and, yeah. and repeat the themes and so on and so forth. Um, so we'll just get into some of this here. If it sounds like we're repeating ourselves, you know, I, I think we are from, from earlier podcasts. But again, we've covered this before, and the flood was 40 days upon the earth. That word flood... We've uh, said this before, is the word Mabul. It is 39.99 in Strong's Concordance. And the thing we've pointed this out before is it mean, it's, um, it's only used in Genesis. Other than Psalms 29.10, uh, where King David is praising God and he says, Yahweh sat enthroned at the flood, the Mabul. Yes, Yahweh sits as king forever. So, in this passage, he's relating directly to the flood event, uh, the Noah's Ark event, and he's giving God credit for being in charge uh, all throughout history. So, just that fact uh, that this word really only exists here. It only defines this moment in time. And is never used again. That's that I, I said it before. I'll say it again. That's phenomenal to me. And it's yeah. something I didn't catch in the English mm -hmm. English version. But it just talks about the uniqueness of this specific situation. And we've talked before about how this is representative of uh, the resurrection. Uh, this is representative of. Uh, the waters of the word cleansing all of us uh, of a bat. It's a baptismal picture of us going into the water, coming out new create creation. 
uh, everything being made clean, uh, everything being purified of sin. And, and again, this just speaks to it. The fact that this word is used here and only here, it is a unique situation pointing to the very fact that Jesus does not have to die twice. He does not have to die many, many times. There was one event, it's done, it covered it all, literally uh, covered everything. Uh, and we're going to go into that again in a second here. But just just that it's, it's completely unique uh, in, in that sense. But so unique that we, even though there would be a lot of people who will say that it never even happened, we're still talking about it, mm -hmm. you know, thousands and thousands of years later. I would almost say it's probably, you know, the what, Jesus coming and his story is probably the most hotly debated Christian story or event that happened. I'd probably say this is pretty, probably number two, at least in the top couple, because, uh, you know, the, the, even and, and it's mentioned in scripture later too that in, in the last days, we're obviously still going to be talking about it. If these really truly are the last days, we are talking about it now. But it, it, they say scoffers will deny the mm -hmm. flood. You know, so. Oh, yeah. And I've heard it said too that um, secular scientists and, and what have you, uh, atheists, atheistic, doesn't have to be scientists, any, any atheist. This is the point that they will live and die on. Mm -hmm. They absolutely deny the flood's existence and the Noah's Ark story. Anything else they can go along with as history. Um, King David existed. Sure. Yeah, I mean, 200 years ago, there were arguments that said, um, uh, if the Bible's correct, you know, and King David and King Solomon and all these kings of Israel existed, why have we found no proof? And then they did. And then they found archaeological proof yeah. that the, all the kings of Israel existed. Now, those, those atheists who are denying it could turn around and say, okay, they existed. That doesn't mean God exists. It just means there was a person in history that the Bible got right, you know, and, and you know, they can go along with that. Right. They can go along with a lot of things. But if they accept this as history, as reality, not just literature not just a fun story not just something creative that parents told their children thousands of years ago and then it got written down but actual history if noah's ark is reality it throws off their entire worldview yeah it 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 completely contradicts you know, uh, the age of the universe that they see, the age of the planet, uh, how they believe, you know, it took millions and billions of years, you know, from the dinosaurs to the mastodons to humanity. Uh, it throws that all out the window if Noah's Ark story can be proven. So this is, this is one that they will just absolutely live and die on, mm -hmm. on this hill. And a lot of Christians will do the same thing. They'll they'll deny this. They'll believe in the miracles. They'll believe that water was turned uh, was turned into wine. They'll they'll mm -hmm. believe that blind men can see. They they will believe the all of those miracles. But this one is still so far out there for them that they can't they can't accept it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's it's it's you know it, it, Jesus himself talks about this event. So 
if you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, if you do believe that Jesus told truth, yeah. then you have to accept that then this is also true. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so if Jesus said it, I, I feel like that's a good source. Right. To... See, it's one thing to say, well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe Jesus was God either. Right. Uh, it's another thing to say, I'm a Christian. I believe that Jesus is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, you know, truth. Uh, but I don't believe everything he said. Right. Well, wait a second. You, you can't have that both ways. And so if you don't believe, if you don't, if you, if you believe this, then you can't also believe in evolution and all the other mm-hmm. secular ideas and theories that they have put out there. And so, and there's a lot of debate of trying to merge the two together into some sort of, you know, s- story that'll work. You know, it's still millions of years and we did evolve, but God can use evolution. They, they try so hard instead of just accepting that Jesus gave us truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm, I, I have a hard time uh, with that. I get it because I, I understood. I you know I've lived through certain points where we now have scientific evidence of this, this, and this, which dis which seems to disprove the Bible and seems to just shatter our faith. And it's always disproven like a week later. Right. But I've lived in those moments where people are going, "How do you respond to that? This is true. That means that can't be." And I get that feeling where you're right. going, I'm, I'm up against a brick wall. I have to look like an idiot to keep, to stand on this thing since the clear evidence says I'm wrong. And, and it doesn't. Uh, we just don't understand it. Something's being forced through uh, a, a hole, at, you know, a square peg trying to be forced into a round hole. It's not supposed to, to go through. And, but, but I do understand, at least in the moment, of going, you know, look, I'm just going to believe that God is, is telling me the truth. Right. And that there's something, there has to be something wrong with what you're telling me. But I can't actually verify that in the moment. Right. Oh, no, I've had, I've, uh, God knows I've had my debates with them. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, God knows I've had my doubts. Um, I, there for a while, I was jokingly referring to myself as a doubting Thomas because there was times where I just, God, what about this? I don't, you know, I, was, yeah. I, I, I need to see this. I need to, I need to put my, I need to put my fingers in the holes and I need to know for sure. And, and, and I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but I have grown so much from them. So now it's like looking back, it's hard for me to remember the times where I, you know, where, cause I yeah. was one of those people. I was trying to mash it all together too. But the cool thing about that is, is we all have our doubts. We all have our questions. We all have our wait a second, if this is true, then that doesn't explain this. We all have those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, where you succeeded is from your story, what you just told me right there, is you went to God and said, God, come on, and let God open up in your heart what's going on. See, it's not wrong to question. It's not wrong to seek solutions. Right. Uh, what's wrong is to seek selfish solutions. What's wrong is to not chase truth because we're afraid or, or a dozen other things that, that we're not actually seeking truth. We're seeking what we want to be true or, or what have you. Yeah. God is not insecure. No. He will, <laughs> he will answer you. And it sounds like you did the right thing. You went to him with your problems 
and let him solve them. Now, just for uh, clarification, uh, that was over periods of years, though. So, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't always like I perfectly, you know, I'm the perfect example <laughs> of I have a doubt. God, okay, <laughs> right. All better now. <laughs> no, some 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 of those debates were years in the debating. So. Oh, yeah, know. yeah. I'm not trying to say it was a snap. <laughs> there you go. Oh, thank you. You know. Um, but now, the next thing. 40 days. Uh, we discussed this before, too. Uh, what that number 40 means. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth. So just initially, 40 is a trial period, a testing period. It's a probation period. And the waters fell for 40 days. Two things, two things I want to discuss here uh, is, first of all, how long did the flood happen? The, the, the flood was, what, 100 and... Yeah, because it says right here at the end of this, and the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days. Right. So they were in the ark much longer than 40 days. Right. But it says, and the flood was 40 days upon the earth. So what occurred to me is, see, we in our Western way of thinking, we think of a flood as the waters are rising and they cover everything. It doesn't even have to be raining here. Right. It could be raining in Minnesota really heavily and the waters come down the river, come down the Mississippi, and flood happens in Iowa. Right. There's no rain. It's just we think of flood as rising water, right? And this says the flood was 40 days. We have to rethink what that word means. Flood, mabul, means a deluge. Now, it can mean a flood. Then the way we think of it is waters rising. But right here... And the flood was 40 days upon the earth. The deluge of water was 40 days upon the earth, not the waters rising. It wasn't 40 days, the waters stop, a drain goes off, and we have a bathtub gurgling, right. and, and we, the, the ark just kind of drops. We have 40 days of massive torrents of water crashing to the earth. Um... Now, that's another thing I, I believe that we don't understand because we weren't there and we don't know what happened. But I believe this ice crystal theory that where they, you know, they, they yeah. entered the atmosphere and, and, and I believe that's not a rain. That's not even a heavy rain. That is, I mean, if you imagine it just like water being poured in from heaven, you know, onto the earth, um, because I've I have often wondered why why weren't there any survivors uh, if it was just a heavy rain someone like strapped themselves to a log you know I mean just just kind of you know rest on on something you know uh, uh, was it just you know because we always kind of think well for forty days it just rained pretty soon you just get tired you give up you drown okay I get it it's a long time but this was such a crashing beating torrent the actual weight of the water hitting the earth. Um, I mean, imagine imagine this. I've been told, and I, I believe this is true, but I haven't actually verified it. I've been told it's illegal to spit or throw a penny or anything off of, like, uh, 
uh, I, I can't think of an Empire oh, State Building. Yeah. Right? Because by the time it hits the ground, you're so far up, by the time it hits the ground, the, it, uh, the impact will be so great it could kill somebody. So this is water, massive amounts of water coming from space. This is not just a rain cloud up above us dropping droplets of water. And I've, I've, been in, I've been in water that is smack. Oh, my gosh, this hurts. I mean, not, not even hail, just large drops of water. I lived in Portland for a couple of years, and, and now I've come to you know, define different types of rain. There's Iowa rain and there's Portland rain. If you're standing out in rain and you, and you're, and you suddenly realize, oh, my gosh, it is raining. You just didn't even notice it was raining. That's Portland rain. It rains all the time in Portland, but sometimes you don't even know it's raining. It's so light. Iowa rain is smack you in the face, knock you to the ground. Yeah. Uh, if, if, it's, if it's doing that, if it's just drenching you, that's Iowa rain. That's yeah. the way I think about it. Now, this is beyond that. This is, this is coming from orbit, crashing to the ground. This is killing people by its very force, I imagine. And again, that's, I, I want to emphasize, I imagine. This is, this is not, I didn't just prove this, uh, but I'm saying it, it adds weight. The flood was 40 days upon the earth. The deluge, the immense water crashing upon the earth was 40 days, but the flood, the rising waters was much longer. So we have to understand that as English speakers, we kind of see this, the flood was 40 days upon the earth and we kind of go, okay, then after 40 days, it was over. Now the flood kept going. It was the deluge that ended after 40 days. And now I'm kind of feeling like I'm just repeating myself over and over. So I'll move on. Any, unless anything else you want to say? No, I'm just picturing buckets of water, massive, you know, mm -hmm. supernaturally large buckets of water from heaven being poured down. And what I'm thinking is when that water came crashing down, just the, the chaos that that would have too, when it lands and it would shoot, you know, yeah. it's going to just... You know, it bowl everything over in its wake. You know, because mm -hmm. yeah, I, I we think of it as just floods. You know, and it slowly, slowly rose and did yeah. Da. We kind of get this idea of people going, "Oh, rain, rain," and they're just feeling the rain, and oh, and then after a while, it starts to rise. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is a lot of rain, and and over after a while, the flood itself, pardon me, just got to them and they drowned. Well, that would but, also explain. If it was so, so torrentious, so, you know, crazy uh -huh. and chaotic, that would also explain why, you know, other people couldn't just get to boats and, and uh -huh. also try to preserve themselves and whatnot. Well, yeah. they can't because it's literally destroying everything and, mm -hmm. you know, because, because it came crashing down and now it's just right. going through the city. I mean, it, 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 now I'm seeing it more like a, like a, um, um, uh, bombing rain? No, like a well, yeah, yeah, but, but no, like a, a typhoon or a, like a, you know yeah. something, uh -huh. kind of massive wave of water is coming at you, uh -huh. and it doesn't matter if you're in a boat or not, you're gonna get, you're, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get, you know. Uh huh. So that was the first thing I was thinking of with that. The flood was forty days upon the earth. Now I gotta get back to my spot. Sorry. But now, the second thing, 40 days, 
stands for trial, stands for test, it stands for probation. And this got me thinking, I was talking to my son about this too. This got me thinking, if this is a picture of salvation, all right? So this is, the waters come, and the waters representing Jesus. And I mean, think about this, you go under the water, and you come out of the water a new creation, right? Where's the probation? Where's the test? Where's the trial? And I started to think about that. So, you know, if you come out saved and you're, you're born again, why is this, why, why does it, at the very beginning of this, we have a trial period. Now, Noah believes God. No, God says, Noah, this is what I want you to do. Build the ark. He does. Gather the animals. He does. They're all there. Get into the ark. He does. God's hand closes the ark. He's in the ark. He's saved. At this moment, we have salvation represented for Noah. And the waters lasted for 40 days, representing a probationary period. And I started thinking of this as... Um, the, the, what came up was the parable of the sower in my mind, the seed is cast and some seed lands on, you know, uh, rocky ground and, and it's picked up by the crows and eaten or the birds or whatever. Some, some lands here, some lands there, and it takes root, but it quickly dies. And some seed lands on good soil and it takes good root and it lasts and it endures. And, and, you know, you know, the story. And I, and I started to think, is this, and we've kind of discussed this before, but Noah could have given up. Noah could have opened the door of the ark during the rain. Noah could have just walked off the ark and said, forget it, I'm drowning. Uh, now, as crazy as that sounds, you know, I was like, why would he do that? The fact is... Sometimes I think, now I'm trying to piece my words together. I think we go to God and we say, okay, I believe you. And like the parable of the sower, for some people it doesn't really have deep root. And a trial comes, we're in that probationary period, and a test, and a trial comes, and it rips that seed right out. And I think this represents a period where God says, you know, we say, okay, God, I trust you. I'm going to go with you. And God says, I'm going to see if you really mean it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to, you know, I, I want you to prove to me with your actions. And it also brought up that uh, um, Paul saying faith without works is dead. Someone who says, I have faith in you, God, but doesn't abide by it with their lives is not really faith. And to me, that's what this represents. They're in the ark, they're saved. Now, are you really? Do you really, truly trust me? Prove it. You know, it's kind of that, you know, no, we're actually going to live this. And I think at the end of that 40 days, God was like, you do. You know, it's it's real. You've proven it, You're you're with me. I don't know how eloquent or how accurately I'm saying that, but does that make sense? It does make sense. But it also leaves it open to, because 
after this, there was still there was still a element. Um, some people think it was from Ham's wife and whatnot, but there's still an element of of bad seed yeah. that comes from this. And so, you know, seven of the people, well, maybe six, seven of the people proved it. Maybe the others didn't. And well, that's why Ham is cursed. And now, here's another thing, too. This is specifically referring to the salvation message. Mm -hmm. One of the things you're talking about kind of goes above and beyond that. In that, like, for example, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I'm saved. But tomorrow, I could tell a lie. I could do something that curses my life in a way that doesn't lose my salvation. Right. Um, so I, get, I see where you're going. Sin still comes into the world. Corruption still comes into the world after Noah's Ark. Uh, specifically, I guess I'm referring to this in reference to the salvation process, message. Sure. Death and resurrection on the cross. That specific prophetic foreshadowing sure um i know where you're going with the the ham and 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 the corruption that's going to come right. and the, the the falling away and the nephilim still show up in, in uh you know after this event there's still giants in the land where did they come from there's there's other things to consider but i'm just talking for for salvation, for faith in what God, the free gift that God has given us, I think there's that moment of, do you really mean it? Right. But I don't necessarily think everybody from this was saved, because at least they, I mean, they were saved from the floods. Uh -huh. I don't think everyone put their faith and trust into God uh, after this. Um, well, not for everything. And and maybe we're just going to disagree on what's referring. See, I see that. I, I get where you're going. And you could be absolutely right. Yeah, I, I see where you're going. Uh, not everyone could have put in their faith in this and not everyone was truly saved. But what I see as going on as they were, you know, this is a picture of salvation. But, for example, I know people who don't believe the gifts of the Spirit are from God. Right. And they don't believe they exist today. They're saved. I would say they're saved. They've given their lives to Jesus Christ. They are denying him in one aspect of their lives. And they're not putting their faith in him in that aspect of their lives. And they're they're losing a huge benefit. But the salvation's still there. I I, I guess I kind of see where you're going as more of that along those lines is they fail God in some way, but not this way. Does that make sense? Makes sense. But I still don't. So I think I think there's still an evil element that's on this ark. Oh yeah, and, because and, humanity right. is on this ark. But, I could even argue Noah proves himself. Well, he's a sinner. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I still think there's an, an element on here, and it comes all the way down from 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 Cain. Mm -hmm. There's an element on here that is saying, just just like just like I could, I could say, oh no, I'm I'm saved. Mm -hmm. and just you know yeah i'm saved i believe and my heart says absolutely the opposite right so therefore i'm actually not and, and I, I think that's i think there's yeah. an element of that on the arc even at this point and there could be and i'm not gonna say there's definitely not because i don't know but what i'm thinking is because this is a picture 
of the salvation message because it's a physical representation. Sure. I just don't see it that way. I think everyone on is a picture of you're saved. You you entered into they weren't dragged in. No, they weren't. You know, they weren't someone wasn't knocked out and carried in. But yeah. Ham could have put more faith in his father than he did in God. He could have. You know. There there could be an element, but the fact is he's there. Right. What I'm saying is the picture I think I'm looking at this is God gave us this story for a reason. And what God told us is these people got on the ark. Sure. And this is the picture of the salvation message. So what I'm seeing, and again, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm absolutely correct, but what I'm seeing from it is this is a picture of salvation. After the ark event, there are things that will happen that show there's still evil in man's hearts and still evil in the world. Sure. But I don't believe necessarily that the salvation message is changed or, or you know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, I believe just people are messed up in other ways. Right. Uh, however, I could be wrong. And it, it could be exactly what you're talking about. Well, I don't think it takes anything away from the fact that Noah is Noah, the, the star here. It he, is. He's, he's, he's the one that, that is saved and his salvation is, is, is true. Okay. Um, so here's, I'm going to skip ahead. And this is one reason why, um, one of the things I was thinking of that I was going to get to. And Noah only was left. Mm -hmm. And they that were with him in the ark. Now, what I was going to point to is Noah, to me, is a Christ figure. Right. So Noah was the only one left. And I see that as coming down to Jesus is the only one that's holy. He's the only one sinless. He's the only one that it, it, it came down to him. Sure. It, it Just like here. And Noah only was left. It points him out for a reason because he's the representative of Jesus in this position. But it says, and they that were with him in the ark. I believe that is a reference to all those who enter into the salvation with him. Um, so if that's the case, then these physical people are pictures of people who entered into salvation with the Messiah-like figure. Sure. Um, so is it possible that they went, sure, whatever, I don't believe it, but I'll go? Um, or I, I, I just, I personally don't see it that way. I personally say, you know, they're, they're then, following along. They get in. But then the thing that concerns me, though, then is Ham is cursed. And does he lose his salvation then? Well, one, you know. I, I don't believe so. You don't think so? I don't think so. However, he could have because it's following the ark. Because I know people who, who have willingly given up their salvation. See, the salvation message in and of itself is... Um, I died, I resurrected for you, enter into this death and resurrection, come out a new creation. If you do that, God uh, uh, is faithful to his word. You come out a new creation. Years later, could you say, you know what? I changed my mind. I, I, I willingly cast this aside. Yes, you can. But it doesn't change the fact that you did go through a death and resurrection experience in the first sure. place. Does that make sense? Sure. So... Even the, even if you can say later he cast off his salvation and he decided to reject it and not believe, I can go along with that. Um, I personally believe he just 
uh, it was more of a representation of him just screwing up in another area and cursing his life uh, in in another way. Uh, does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it makes total sense. Okay, but again, I I don't know that I'm right. I that's just the way I see it right now. Sure. Um. But anyway, so no, that's I, I'm glad you went there because that that's one of the things I was going to point out anyway is the fact that it says Noah only was left. It singles him out for a reason. He he's the he's the Messiah representative in this. Everyone else came with him. Nobody else gets on the ark under their own power. Nobody else. God didn't come to anyone else. God didn't say, "Hey, Shem him." Sorry, I'm hiccuping. Shem, Ham, and Japheth, you guys build the ark. Bring your dad with you. Right. No, he said, this is specifically to Noah, and he brings his family. Uh, I think everyone else is blessed because of him. Just like we're blessed because of the Messiah, because of Jesus. We're not blessed under our own power. No. Uh, you know, I can't do anything on my own strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, it's totally dependent upon Yeshua, right? not me. I think that's the picture here, is everyone else got onto the ark because of Noah, but everyone on the ark is saved, representative. Well, they, they're literally saved yeah. from the physical devastation of the flood, which I think is a spiritual representation of, of the salvation message. Sure. So that's why I'm thinking they are all... Okay, so here's the thing, too. Maybe they're not, because now I'm talking myself out of it. Because the physical representation... I broke you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. I'll oh, see. This is funny, because before this, I thought, oh, this is going to be a short one. No, it's not. Now, as soon as I said that, it's going to be two hours. Um, see, kind of what you're seeing now is what I do all week, or two weeks, or however long it takes. I, I, this is what I'm doing, back and forth. And now we're, we're doing it live on camera. Um, See, now I'm talking myself out of it because the physical picture is a representation, is a rehearsal, is a, is a, uh, I can't think of the word, Kodesh. Uh, did I say, am I saying that right? That is a, I forget. We, we covered it a long time ago and I forget what the Hebrew word is, but it's a physical rehearsal for spiritual truths. Um, nah, Kodesh, that doesn't seem right. It's, it's a real Hebrew word, but I think I'm mixing them up. But anyway. Um, oh, now that's going to bug me. What's the word? But I uh, get off of that. The physical pictures, they were all saved. Um, they all willingly walked onto the ark and they were saved from the physical water. So that is a physical picture of the spiritual redemption. But yeah, maybe every one of them on the ark wasn't actually spiritually saved because the physical picture is still intact. So now I'm talking myself out of it. It could be either or, you know. Until we until we can talk to God directly and yeah <laughs> no, but I just see it as we we all go through the tribulation and we all have still have a choice to make mm -hmm. and I just don't think everyone made the the choice. I just well what I'm saying for this the physical picture now. So you're right. Maybe in their hearts something else happened and and we'll we'll pick that up as we go on post flood, but at this point. They get on the ark, the physical picture, for 40 days, no one jumped ship. Right. No, Nobody opened the doors and said, that's it, I'm out. 
I can't handle this anymore. Um, so the physical picture still shows there's a trial that goes on that we can bail from this experience. Right. We can say, you know what, God, uh, changed my mind. I'm walking away. Right. That's, I guess that's what I'm getting to with the 40 days that the deluge hit. Sure. So, wow. I won't Man. distract you no more. No, no, this was <laughs> awesome. This was, this was great. I'm just thinking, um, uh, yeah, it's like, how long have we gone on? An hour already? No, no, I, it's only like... Uh, an hour. 56, oh, yes. 56 minutes. Oh, man. I thought we'd be done by now with everything. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I'll keep going. Now. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth. Again, I went back. We've done this word before. Earth. It's Eretz. Strong's Concord 776. And it can mean earth as all of the land. It can mean the whole planet. It can mean a uh, country, a field, ground. Idiomatically, it can refer to nations and the wilderness. And there's a lot of things to pull out of here. Physically, I think it is talking about it covered the whole planet. It, it was upon the earth. Uh, now, you can say, well, it also says just country. Feel, yeah, you can. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that's absolute fact that he covered the whole earth. Um, but idiomatically, what I want to get into here also is the fact that it can re it, he's covering all nations. And I'm skipping ahead to another another thing I have down the line here. But he says all the high mountains that were under the whole heaven were covered. And I think this is a prophetic picture of God is above all government, all earthly rule. Sure. He, the water of the word is covering everything. The waters rise to a place where it, he covers the whole earth uh, and, and the water rises where every mountain is covered. Mountains symbolically refer to governments. And he's saying every nation, every government is under me. There's a lot of mountains that ancient cultures also said were gods or of the gods. So mm -hmm. also in a way he's saying I am above all gods. Yeah. Like that, that's mm -hmm. pretty cool too. I'm above everything that the earth can claim any authority. I'm above it. Mm -hmm. And... And in the word picture for Eretz, we had, you know, this is like in our first, very first podcast, I think. Maybe it was the second we did Eretz. But from the very beginning, one of the word pictures was the leader's firstborn is needed. You know, and, and here we have a picture of him, you know, the leader's firstborn. Yes, we have a picture of salvation in this whole thing, but the water is cleansing everything right i mean it's just it's just wiping out all of the corruption and sin and what have you now the ark is lifted up above the earth so again this is symbolism of everyone in the ark being lifted above earthly things and into another realm into another dimension so to speak this is being lifted from the physical to the spiritual. This is being made alive. This is being taken up off of the earth and, and lifted up to God. 
I mean, there it's it's the symbolism here of just just being taken away from this physical fleshly domain. Sure. <clears throat> now, another thing I, I found interesting. We have a we have a three. We have a connection of three. The waters prevailed three times. And the waters prevailed and increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days. So I think that's testifying to the perfect completeness that is the salvation of Jesus Christ. The waters prevailed upon the earth. Uh, it, he succeeded in what he came to do. He is greater than anything we have here. I think it's just testifying to the absolute completeness uh, circling the globe, covering everything. Uh, nothing was left untouched. He accomplished it all. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, cool. <laughs> I'm glad I said it. <laughs> now, 15 cubits upward. Why 15? And what I mean by that is, he's saying, And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high mountains that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. So it just says, and all the high mountains that were under the whole heaven were covered. And then it goes back. Fifteen cubits upward did the water prevail, and the mountains were covered. So this is one of those instances where it's not, it's like the mountains were covered, and then it, 15, 15 cubits more and more mountains were covered. No, I think he's going back. And just adding more detail to a statement he just made. Yeah. He's saying the waters rose and all the mountains were covered. The waters rose 15 cubits in order to cover those mountains. Why 15? Why, why did it specify 15 cubits? Uh, because the water rose much, much higher than 15 cubits. It's just pointing out the last 15 to cover those mountains. And... The word, uh, well, the number, sorry, the number 15. 15, do you, you remember, I, I know you don't, it's been so long. You remember what the 15, number 15 itself means? I don't think so. Rest. Oh. It's the very name of Noah. Oh. I mean, I mean, the, the number 15 isn't Noah's name. They just both mean rest. Yeah. Noah means rest, and the number 15 means rest. Huh. So, I mean, they just finally, it's just that little, that last bit, everything is covered. It's complete. We have rest. The waters did their job. Mm -hmm. Now they can rest. It yeah. also, Numbers 15 also stands for acts that are wrought by the energy of divine grace. So the mountains were covered. Then it specifies, it specifies, yeah. It, then it specifies 15 cubits upward that it took to cover those mountains. It's specifying rest, 
when all earthly authority is overcome by the energy of divine grace. That's when we have rest. Wow. Now think about, I remember reading, um, uh, I read the book Black Hawk Down. Uh, and they said after that whole incident happened, uh, it was about a year later, reporters went in and were talking to the people, you know, in the area. And they were asking them, you know, on both sides, there was a conflict going on, it's why we were there. And they said both sides of the conflict, they're saying, don't you want peace? Don't you want peace? And every, to a man, everyone said, absolutely, we want peace. But they said, so they said, okay, then let's have peace. Why don't you share this and you'll compromise here? And they said, every one of them said, no, no, there will only be peace when the enemy is destroyed. And that statement in and of itself is true. Mm -hmm. Now we can say, we can look at that situation and go, oh, they were being unreasonable. They were, you know, whatever, because that's a, a human situation of people just wanting to kill each other. But our enemy is death. Our enemy is selfishness. Our enemy is Hasatan and all of his uh, uh, spiritual forces at work against us. We have an enemy. We will not have rest until that enemy is finally defeated completely and put in the dirt, metaphorically. And that is so true. We have rest when everything, the waters rise and absolutely everything is under God's domain and everything is defeated. Absolutely everything. That's when we will finally have complete rest. Yeah. It's true. Now, see, I didn't, I didn't want to bring that up, that Black Hawk Down, because uh, I'm trying to say that certain people groups deserve to die or that we will have rest once we go in and machine gun down certain people and things like that. Uh, because I, we need to recognize our enemy is not flesh and blood. When I say, yes, the statement in and of itself is true, we will only have rest until our enemy is defeated, where they failed in that specific instance, and most throughout history, almost everyone has failed, in not recognizing who our enemy is. Right. Because uh, if they would have succeeded, if one of those two groups would have succeeded and absolutely annihilated their enemy, they would have no rest, because their real enemy is not dead. Right. Uh, there would still be turmoil. A new enemy would just rise up. Uh, a new face would just rise up because the real enemy still lives. And until that enemy is put down, we're not going to have rest at all until Jesus wipes out his enemies once and for all. Now, that gets into blotted out. Again, King James Version says destroyed. We've gone over this before. Hebraic Roots Version blotted out. King James destroyed. It's Strong's Concordance 4229. This is another repeat word, makah. And we've talked about it before. To stroke or rub and by implication to erase. It can also mean to smooth as with oil. So we've talked about how this is actually uh, compassion. This is God, you know, anointing us with oil. This, is, this can also mean to touch. In other words, to reach to. So this is God reaching out to us. Uh, but it also 
means blot out to destroy, to erase, to wipe away. And it comes down to which side are you on? Genesis 6-7, we brought it up before. And Yahweh said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth. God is not erasing what he has done. What he has done was good. Like we just talked about earlier. Uh, uh, it functions correctly. What God did was good. What he's erasing is what sin and corruption have done to what he has done. The waters increased. The waters of the word overwhelmed everything. It grew to the point where it covered everything. This is not only a picture of salvation entering into Yeshua completely. This is a picture of the end of the age. This is revelation. This, this is prophetic of, of what you're going to go into, too, in the book of Revelation, where Yeshua returns and takes over. Now, this is a wonderful thing and a horrible thing. It just depends on which side of the wall you're on right. in the ark. Are you in the ark or are you outside of the ark? That's, that's what it comes down to. If you're in the ark, you can't wait for this to happen. If you're outside of the ark, you never want to see it happen. And I think the last thing, I'll skim real quick to see if there's anything I'm missing. But the last thing I had is just the statement, all flesh perished. And that is a picture of God winning this war between spirit and flesh. This is a picture of the war in all of us. Um, like the Petra song, uh, Jekyll and Hyde talks yeah. about. Um, two men are fighting a war inside. One gives, one takes, I have to decide. This is a war between our spirit and our flesh. And Paul said, you know, I have to keep my flesh down. You know, the flesh wants to take over. Mm -hmm. The flesh wants its own thing. This is a picture of all flesh perished. It's that sin nature in every one of us. This is that moment where it's gone. Hallelujah. Yeah. That selfish, lustful, greedy, uh, I can't think of any more adjectives on top of my head, <laughs> desire is finally put to death. And we are made perfect. Hallelujah. Which does happen on a spiritual level. Uh, see, when Jesus came the first time, uh, the spring feasts were fulfilled, and he came and died and resurrected. We were made perfect on an individual level, spiritually reconnected with him. The sin wiped away so we could connect with him on an individual level, but the whole planet will not be made perfect until the fall feasts are fulfilled. And he returns and fulfills what the fall feasts have prophesied for millennia. Yeah. And when that happens, yeah, there's going to be some physical flesh that perishes from the people that go to war with him. But more than that, this is a picture of he's finally going to put everything down and it, the whole planet will be covered once again only with spiritual water. And it will be made pure uh, and perfect, never again to be tainted 
Well, okay, see, now I don't want to say that because then we get into a thousand-year millennial reign and then we get into another discussion of that. But the fact is he's making things perfect and eventually it's going to be completely perfect. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another short one, Scott. <laughs> no. Um, but any any last words you want to throw in there? No, I just like the way that ended. I, I like, let's give glory to God that he will defeat all the flesh. Mm -hmm. and, and that's another thing I love about all of this is he is so perfect. He just, he's, he's everything he does, it, it follows a pattern that everything lines up with the, with itself. You know, the, the Noah's Ark story lines up with revel, uh, revelation, lines up with resurrection, lines up everything prophesies everything else. Everything connects with everything else. We can see revelation in Genesis. Yep. We can see Genesis in Revelation. It's all it's all happened before. It's all going to happen again because he's perfect and he does everything perfectly and everything lines up with himself. So anyway, uh, should I take this out then? <laughs> sure. Take this out? <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining us once again. And as always, this has been Scott. This has been Brad. And this is not about us. <laughs>